thought that there was like a ton of news, but you know. Now there's a lot of like shit getting delayed and or canceled and shit. It's basically like, hey, we've canceled or moved these things around, blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not <laughs> not like a huge heavy week or anything like that. Nope. But, uh, nothing crazy. Although one show I am disappointed I got moved back, but we'll talk about that momentarily because we're back and it's Dance Robot Dance, guys. Woo! A nerd podcast for nerds. I don't. I, Paul says <laughs> Paul says a nerd cast podcast not for nerds. I guess so. Like Paul says it way more eloquently than I do. So like he's got his little bit, and I'm like I, I don't have a thing. We should we should come up with a thing. But eh, I like doing there. like the uh, we discuss all things things nerdy from a decidedly NSFW point of view. That's that's fair. That's I <laughs> I can live with that. We'll go with that. Either way, this is episode 183 of Dance Robot Dance. I'm Mark. I will be your host for this journey back into New Jersey, uh, and then. <laughs> I'm here with Tim from Atlanta. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Are you asking me or are you asking the audience now? See, that's one of those things. I, I get yeah. confused about that with my own thing when I say that. I'm like, who am I talking to? Yeah. Why no, do I can, I, say I can that? definitely hear them when uh, when I say that. Is that a problem? Is that something that shouldn't happen? We, we should get that checked, especially since you're going to be within the same area code as me very soon, and I don't want to get murdered in my sleep. Yeah, where I live now, I can't afford uh, mental health care, so well, it, that's fair, a problem. It, it's still it's still questionably expensive in Canada, like yeah, fair. so. There is that kind of, <laughs> but in Canada, at least there's a chance it may be covered at some point. Down here, I, definitely hey, not. Hey, man, you never know. Bernie looks like he's in the lead right now. We, miracles could happen next year, this year. We don't know. Yeah, we don't Bernie, know. It's, Bernie is qu- questionably effective as a politician. He's great at getting people riled up, but. Doesn't get a whole lot of shit done. Hey, but uh, I would rather have somebody get robbed in a positive way as opposed yes. to what is going on right now, which is, is the fair. opposite of that. So either <laughs> way, but we'll just get into the news then, because like obviously Paul's not here. He is doing his last batch of gallivanting around the South Pacific area before he returns to Canada at the end mm-hmm. of this month or next month. Yes, next month. It's still January right now. Yeah. Yeah. So he's off doing that. So Tim and I are, we just did a comic book episode last week, which means we have to buck tradition this week. Usually <laughs> if Tim and I are doing a solo episode or like a two-hander episode, it's like comic book time, but not this week. This week we're going to review a movie. That is very much about comic book shit anyways. And I will also question whether I could even call it really a movie as opposed <laughs> to a series of YouTube clips strung together. But that's also, <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Let's first get into the nerdy news for the week. Um, not a lot, again, but and mostly bummer stuff that's been delayed or canceled. But uh, we will just get through that for you. First things first, the Obi-Wan TV show is on hold, which... I'm happy about because the reason they did it was because they were saying the scripts weren't coming together properly. And so they've just put the whole thing on hold. It's not canceled. Can you even say that it's on hold when like, they'd never really given us a date for it to begin with. It was like, this is just shit that happens in development. Well, you have to remember now that like when they start doing development on these shows, the sketches and like construction start happening on sets almost immediately. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not even like a slow process where they're like, hey, we got a couple months. They probably started building sets because that's I had heard and read some stuff on Reddit that was like, yeah, they were actually building, like starting to do the production production, like designing and costuming and all that kind of stuff. And they like killed it and sent everybody home yeah. uh, while they fixed the scripts because there's no point in building a bunch of sets and costumes and stuff if the scripts are going to get completely wiped out and changed, blah, 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 blah. I'm disappointed because this is the Star Wars event that I've been looking forward to the most in the post-Disney era uh, is Ewan McGregor coming back and 
playing the character apparently he was born to fucking play one of them yeah absolutely yeah it's like the only reason i can get through the prequels is his performance yeah is obi-wan so but then ewan mcgregor came back and said like yeah it's you know don't be worried about it it's just you know it's still coming it's just you know they want to make sure that it's fucking right and if there's you know one of the core themes of this podcast it's like yeah fucking take your time and get shit right rather than rough rushing it absolutely and especially with the obi-wan show which i i'm going to correlate this to star trek which we'll talk about momentarily but like i feel like i keep talking about that pike show like the the star trek show that's just on the enterprise i feel like this is star wars version of that it's like this is your easy home run knock it out of the park and like everybody's gonna love you for it so don't fuck it up is kind of where i'm at with the obi-wan show (laughs) yeah Uh, same and the same thing goes for that captain pike show like just don't don't fuck this up, guys. So, because it's yeah. your, it's it's a guaranteed hit if you do it the way the fans want it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. no, I'm I'm super excited for that. And like I said, I'm willing to wait for them to you know get it fucking proper and get it right. And and I mean the fact that they are willing to put delays on it and not just fucking rush it into production is you know it alleviates a lot of people. You know have concerns about how Disney has handled Star Wars and that sort of thing. And this is the sort of thing that makes me think like, okay, you know, they're clearly trying to do the right thing. You know, they're starting to listen. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think uh, especially as the person who has probably been the most vocal on the podcast about Disney, like not really doing Star Wars the way I would prefer Star Wars be done. Even <laughs> though, as a Star Trek fan, my opinion matters for shit in this regard, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I think it's nice to hear them kind of taking the the Marvel approach where like if we don't have it right, we're just going to hold off and wait till we have it right. Like we or we're just going to cancel shit apparently, which is what they're shit. doing now. There's there Marvel's doing that. We're going to get into that momentarily, <laughs> but like yeah, it's totally that kind of thing where they've had projects and like Captain Marvel they've been talking about since phase 1 and it didn't yeah. happen until phase 4 because they just didn't line up the script/actor/all slash actor slash all that stuff. Yeah. And when they did, they waited for the right person. And the same thing with Black Panther, like that was that's been talked about. That's a movie that they've been talking about since the nineties. Like Wesley Snipes was supposed to be Black Panther before he was Blade, if I'm not mistaken. Or he wanted to be oh, Black Jesus. Panther before yeah. he was Blade. That so like, way back in the day, yeah. And then like the MCU stuff happened, and it's like obviously it was one of the first characters they wanted to do. Cause it's not like they were like, No, we just want to do all white people. We don't want to represent anything at all. But it's just <laughs> you gotta put the right people in those projects to do that kind of stuff right and yeah yeah it took till phase three to do it for marvel to get captain marvel and whatever out so if disney is going to tell star wars to start running shit the same way this is kind of the start of that we're like hey the scripts aren't working pause fix the fucking scripts because guess how much shit you've been taking for your scripts being garbage the last little while (laughs) go listen to our rise of the skywalker review for more information on that (laughs) and how much i liked it yeah, and then also how much <laughs> Tim deluded himself into liking it. <laughs> so, oh. Speaking of Marvel, though, we'll move over. Uh, a pair of the animated shows that were scheduled to be on Hulu, I believe, um, have been canceled. So yes. the Howard the Duck show that was actually a Kevin Smith joint, which we were, we will be talking, whom we will be talking more about in the meat of the episode, I should say. <laughs> His show has been canceled, and also Tigra and Dazzler, which I was. I didn't. I knew it was happening, but I had no information about it whatsoever. I think some of these are still shows that had started development under Marvel Entertainment, like the Marvel Television, Jeff Loeb regime. Yeah. yeah. I know Kevin Feige has been slowly going through those projects and seeing what he can salvage and which ones he just is like, 
sorry fuckers like you're dead in the water yeah we were getting into the shit here where like i was like okay howard the duck i guess maybe i'd watch and like tiger and dazzler like i know nothing about tiger yeah. and very little about dazzler so yeah. eh, these are not big losses to me and i mean this was gonna happen we were gonna hit you know sort of saturation implosion kind of point and we're getting there now which is fine i'm, I'm glad yeah. that they're recognizing it on their end as opposed to just dumping all this stuff out they're being like yeah. hey listen we've got too much let's just pull some of these back a little bit and yeah. like dazzler was an interesting pull when they called this because she's an ex person so like mm-hmm. they announced that before, like just as the thing was happening like the merger was happening and i was yeah. like wow they're really jumping quickly to get dazzler into anything when she is but she she might have yeah she might have been one of those ones what that like wasn't part of that deal because she was such a fucking tertiary character or something that she it's, it's possible but given the tertiary characters that fox has been able to keep their hands on the entire Fair. time uh <laughs> it's hard to say and dazzler premiered in the dark phoenix saga like she's a claremont x-men creation so mm. like clearly a mutant like that whole bit so either way these shows like they weren't super high priority for me it's not like they canceled winter soldier or a scarlet witch or yeah. whatever other show that i'm really looking forward to it's just the animated stuff or what if which i'm very much looking forward to like yeah. this yeah i'm cool with no howard the duck show and it's not to say that they won't ever make them like it's just this is not the right time so you know we're gonna pull them for right now and yeah. shelve them and then maybe you know a couple years down the road when some of these other shows have run their course then they might go back to it i still think there's a, a world where a kevin smith like produced Seth Green voiced Howard the Duck show. Oh yeah, extremely well. I just yeah, I think they just need to get it right again. It's just that same thing and get the timing right. Do it right and get the timing right. Yeah. yeah. So, last bit of movie news that I pulled for this week is basically the last bit of news that I pulled for this week. Sony, in its infinite wisdom and constant schedule fuckery, has bumped the dates for the Uncharted and the Masters of the Universe movie that I wasn't even aware was happening. I think we talked about that like one time. I don't remember a movie. Like I, I know there's two animated series happening at Netflix. One's the more adult, like Kevin Smith one that's happening, oh, yeah. like the Masters of the Universe. And there's a new He-Man in the Masters of the Universe, like kind of kids animated series that's happening. And it's both both of them are happening at Netflix because I want to say Kenner is that company, but I'm probably wrong. They have an overall deal with Netflix now, so that's why uh, She-Ra's over there and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff's happening. So and Thundercats and all that. Yeah, I don't know if Thundercats falls under their banner, but it might, so it's hard to say. But I don't really care about either of these movies, and so no. they can bump them all the fuck they want. Yeah. So. <laughs> but just, just to clarify, Sony has rescheduled Uncharted, so the PlayStation game movie. <laughs> which always goes well. Which, oh, yes, exactly, goes about as well. I was expecting to go about as well as the last couple Tomb Raider movies had. Was moved from a December 18th, 2020 release to a March 5th, 2021 release date, which is a bummer. And then this He-Man one, which has been pushed completely off the schedule. So it sounds like that might be in, have moved back into... Development hell. Development hell, the word that we use so much when we talk about the news <laughs> on this podcast. Yep. <coughs> nah. uh, but yeah. Yeah, again, I'm kind of mad. I was looking forward to that, the animated series. Like, I'm more into a TV mode right now anyway. Like, I want kind of longer form content at yeah. this point. So I was more looking forward to that Kevin Smith, Mark Bernardin animated series. Because it sounded like it was going to be a little bit more grown up because they were doing the kid version but i fucked the movie i didn't even know about the movie so fair enough and then uncharted just like they own that property they're gonna make it like there's there's no way sony's not not gonna make this property that game is so popular on playstation like it's their best-selling game or one of the best-selling games for playstation and the series in particular sells very well and it's such an easy like we're just making indiana jones kind of movie to make 
that yeah. I understand why they're like pushing it, but they got to make it right. And they got to make it in a way where people are just not going to be just like, it's just fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> and that's kind of a, probably a big part of the problem with it. It's like, it's just, it's just Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, that's very with much what it is with a dude. Yeah. So it's just Indiana. And you're just, so you're going even further back and you're just being like, this is just Indiana Jones. So like, We've got four of those movies, and like one of those, like the last one was real bad, and we don't want to do that again. <laughs> and nobody's ever really been able to capture that, like Raiders magic. Even the original team has never captured that 100% Raiders magic ever again, right? Yeah. Um, it's always been somewhat diminishing returns. I mean, like Last Crusade has its defenders and stuff, and I love that movie, but I mean, yeah. none of those fucking movies are, have ever been as good as Raiders. So, like, agreed. What's the point? <laughs> I don't know. And then the last piece of news is that I uh, clearly. I mean, if you're unless you're under a fucking rock, Star Trek Picard premiered this week because all I've seen yeah. is just advertising and media hyping up the captain returning. Which have you watched it yet? No, it it ended up dropping a couple days earlier or something, didn't it? Than it was supposed to. It came out on. I saw it on Wednesday or yeah. Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. So no, I I was traveling all this week for work uh, in the in the UK, and so I wasn't really in a place where I was able to obtain it in any way, shape, or form. So probably this afternoon, I'll, I'll sit down and watch the premiere, but I've heard nothing but good things, too. I need to change my Geek of the Week then, because I was going to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. With you that can brings, talk uh, about it, just without spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I had to do a, a spoiler-free talk about it. But okay, so that brings us to, uh, we'll just do Geek of the Week then. It's time to move on to... Well, the other, the other part of that news... Yeah, well, <laughs> the other part was that, did you see uh, Patrick Stewart inviting uh, Whoopi Goldberg for season two of Picard? I did, and I, when I saw that, I was like, why is she not in the first season? Like, yeah. who the fuck thought to, like... Who fucked this, that one up? Yeah, who fucked that up? Like, why is she <laughs> not there? And this is the brother going to tell me, like, Q's not in here either. Like, I always be like, why? Like, why would yeah. you not get, like... I can understand not bringing the whole crew back, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you don't want to blow blow your load in the first season, right? Yeah, but, like, especially in a, in a story where we're kind of, like, telling the denouement of Picard's, like, life and stuff like that. It's kind of, mm-hmm. like, where's fucking Q? Like, yeah. You need yeah. to. Sh- I need. I need John Delancey. You know, he needs to show up. <laughs> yeah, but that video watching like Whoopi Goldberg was just so clearly so emotional about it and so so happy about it and everything. And Patrick Stewart was just fucking loving it. Uh, he's been great. I've been watching like I usually don't watch press junket interviews and stuff like that for stuff because it's the same fucking question over and over again. But yeah. I I've spent some time watching like I just like watching Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm exist as a human being because he's so fucking great like i love patrick stewart so i've been watching like press chuck and interviews and he's been out on the road with like jerry ryan a lot because she's gonna play a bigger role than probably anybody else Mm -hmm. and i've always liked jerry ryan quite a bit like especially her post voyager persona of like i love the trek fan base even though i was treated like complete garbage the entire time i was on the show but she's so awesome to the point where like i had done some illustration stuff and i had drawn seven of nine and posted it on instagram and she liked it and like sent me a little note like she's a super sweet lady oh nice yeah so yeah i, sh- I shared with the guys like if you go on my instagram and go through my likes on that piece jerry yeah, ryan actually that. liked it and uh but she sent me a little message just like thanking me for doing like taking the time and i was like that's very nice of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it's maybe because you're on Voyager and like maybe you don't get as you, I assume the Voyager people don't get as much of that as like especially the TNG crew. So it's and kind the of attention cool. that she did get probably wasn't attention that she wanted all the exactly, time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you look at the piece I did, I was very like it's very focused on her face. Like I kinda 
there's not yeah. a lot. I didn't like, accentuate her I skin mean, tight stu- suit. And yeah, everything. like she's yeah. stunning. Obviously, like I can't say Jerry Ryan. She's a beautiful woman, but like I, would, I was more interested in like getting her face down and stuff, and that's kind of what I've been working on anyway. So yeah, but yeah, I really I thought I was blown away that she took the th- I didn't because I didn't get a Sir Pat's do. You know what I mean? Like that's my goal right now. If somebody can get <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart to fucking who or whoever handles his Instagram account to click like yeah, on one yeah. of my drawings of him, that would be awesome. <laughs> But Jerry Ryan did it herself, and that was very cool. So thank you, Jerry, who will never hear this. but <laughs> Absolutely. No, she definitely is going to. Absolutely. is yep. a huge podcast listener. <laughs> yeah. So, And then the other stuff I had was apparently now there is a Witcher anime film coming on oh. Netflix, which is just like, I figured I'd mention it because Christy and Paul both watched it and everything. But really, like, if they're just trying, to, this is a message to probably you and me specifically saying like here's a witcher property you will never ever fucking watch yeah i couldn't get through the <laughs> uh the netflix show it, yeah. yeah you 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 already were having trouble getting excited for it we're gonna make you even less excited for yeah. it by making it an anime yeah on top of everything else and usually i like animation so like i'll watch anime strictly for the art like i'm that guy like i put that voltron series that was on netflix on in the background and after the first episode i muted it but i liked watching it yeah because visually it was very cool the writing was not great um i i find it very interesting that they're trying to turn witcher into a a whole fucking like franchise, a franchise. Yeah. yeah i mean it already is a franchise right it like it's yeah. books movies or books games, games and now uh, now tv yeah yeah so i guess it kind of is already and it's a huge game like i can't knock the witcher like the game is immensely popular like it's a very very huge selling game it's still getting talked about to this day that studio's follow-up cyberpunk 2077 is probably my most anticipated game of this year assuming that spider-man sequel doesn't come out or something like that yeah but like i'm dying to play cyberpunk 2077 and i have no interest in the witcher like i'm not a sword and sorcery guy to begin with but so that's already kind of a knock against it mm-hmm. and i couldn't get through the first four episodes of that fucking netflix series try as i might it just like i couldn't pay attention to it it's just timeline jumps and craziness and i was like all right yeah. all right not for me i guess so that's cool so let's uh was that everything you had no <laughs> disney's making more live action remakes bambi oh, is the latest geez. one oh, yeah and just, i was just waiting for we paul always to have to back. talk about it just to just to shit on it <laughs> exactly i was just waiting for paul to come back next week so that he we, you guys could talk about it and i could just fucking roll my eyes like i haven't seen yeah. any of these except for maleficent and i think i saw jungle book because fab's made it and mm. I'm planning on seeing Lion King whenever I can, like it shows up on Disney Plus or whatever, just because I know Fab's made it and Fab's an excellent filmmaker. So I yeah. like watching his stuff just for the technical shit of it, especially that movie, because it sounds like an effects kind of, I mean, I, I hear the effects are kind of like boring because it's so realistic, but at the same time, to me, technically, technically that's impressive. very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll watch a behind the scenes. Like, how do we make this fucking thing? Yeah. Than, I'll actually watch the movie, but that's, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I saw the thing and I'm like, we need to traumatize a bunch of kids by killing Bammy's mom in high res. Yeah. Ultra HD CGI. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and again, we're going to, this is going to be another one of those Lion King ones where it's like, Hey, this is a live action movie. I'm like, no, it's a CGI cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Just you like Lion King. call this quote yeah. unquote live action. This is a CGI cartoon, but okay. Yeah. Fine, we'll call it live action because you shot some background plates. Yeah. That's fine. Did you ever read the Vertigo book DMZ? That's a hilarious question. It's a Vertigo book. Yes, I read it. So, do you see that that they're the series that they're making of it just had Rosario Dawson cast in the lead role? 
I did. I did see that. So and I'm excited about that. But I, it's one of those like when this this kind of stuff happens, I'm like, it, this show's never going to happen. You know what I mean? They got a decent, like a, a medium sized comic book property, and they got a big star attached to it. And this is a nice announcement. And in six months, we're going to be like, yeah, they canceled it. <laughs> They've got fucking Ava DuVernay writing the uh, directing the pilot. Do they really? Okay, yeah. I didn't. I, I saw the article and read like the the opening line and was like, oh, okay. So. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure where that one's going though. Like, what station or chan- uh, HBO Max? HBO okay. Max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes that totally tracks as an HBO Max show for me. Yeah. So, uh, and in news that uh, makes me feel better about wanting physical copies of shit, EA is pulling more gaming bullshit. And uh, this is a mobile game, not a platform game, but apparently their official Tetris game for iOS. They've told people is just going away as yeah. of like uh middle of april or something like that like sorry we're just gonna make this thing that you paid for not exist anymore and yeah. fuck like that's that's the exact reason why i am always hesitant to buy, be like oh i'll buy that game digitally or or i'll just uh you know i can stream that whenever i want to see it or some shit like that because fucking bullshit like this happens yeah i'm assuming it just means they're trying to they're gonna launch a new version of it and they want people to force people double to buy dip. it yeah, yeah. which i mean that tracks for ea it tracks for EA a hundred percent, and like I actually own that Tetris game, so I didn't know that. And now I'm annoyed because I play that fucking game constantly. Yeah, it's the uh, Tetris Blitz. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I have that. Absolutely. I didn't know that was going away. Well, thanks for blowing until me April twenty first. <laughs> the best. It's my favorite thing to do while I'm on the, in the bathroom. Yeah, it's, it's your pooping game. Yeah, it's my pooping game, man. <laughs> Tetris. Isn't that everybody? Isn't that the world's pooping game? Isn't Tetris like? what we know i i uh i train myself i have a blackjack trainer on my phone that i play when i'm like Um, i any time that i like don't have internet connection and like want to play a game or something like don't yeah just really quick it's my airplane bathroom game fair fair (laughs) yeah you don't want to be in one of those for too long i can't be in one of those too small for me to be yeah fair I get real crampy. I don't. I don't like flying. We've talked about this before. Anyway, let's move on to geek of the week then. Unless you have more news, we nope. Would, that's everything. I'm just going to make you do the news all the time from now on because you always have all of it, and I'm just like because I yeah, get real shit that I I don't care about that you guys care about and vice that's versa. True. And yeah, I get, I get picky about it too. I'm like I don't want to be doing the news for half an hour, so I'm like here's the three things that I think are actually interesting and important, and then also, also I don't think we're going to have that much to say about the. <laughs> I don't either, and that's why I'm really annoyed because like what my plan in, in the head. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna leave a bunch of this shit in because like it's just us chatting. But like my plan was for like hopefully like I was praying Tim would watch Picard so that we could do a long Geek of the Week segment and talk about that, <laughs> and then be like, oh yeah, James saw Bob came out and like I have not much feeling about it one yeah. way or the other. So <laughs> yeah, well let's move on to Geek of the Week. And we will just do a real short episode this week. (laughs) (laughs) Geek of the week. The loneliest things. I can hear you getting hard from here. Oh, yeah. The blood's rushing. (laughs) It's good times. Anyway, this is the segment, obviously. I I actually pointed a bunch of people to the podcast this week, and now we're going to do the most unprofessional, rambly, I'm an idiot version of the fucking (laughs) podcast we can possibly do. So this is the segment of the podcast where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. Um, except I can't talk about mine because Tim has <laughs> You can. You just can't spoil it for me. Tim, go. My Geek of the Week. So um, as I said earlier, I was traveling for work this week over to the UK, which is uh, where my company's headquartered. And that means like fucking 20 hours that I've spent on a plane in the past <gasps> week. 
and <laughs> I want to die and, just hearing that. But I, I actually look forward to that time because I bring my fucking big old stacks of of comics that you know have been piling up, and uh, so I got through like a good old fucking stack of probably like fifty plus issues over that week, and so yeah, I, I was able to get caught up on a lot of stuff and even go back and sort of finish off some min- mini series that had fallen down further in my reading pile and that kind of thing, and one of them is going to end up being my geek cred for this week. So nice, yeah, <laughs> nice. I actually uh, I've started I caught up well not caught up. But I've read the first. I've read the miniseries and the first like ten-ish issues of Bendis' Superman run. Mm. I understand that this is controversial. Like there, there's a lot of people who are a fan of the run that was happening before it, and like there's some. A lot of people are bitching about how Bendis is handling things. Mm-hmm. Having just come in cold, I'm really enjoying it. It yeah. feels like a Bendis superhero book in that it harkens back. Right, it feels like a '90s Superman book. And honestly, I think his. His influence comes from there, I think, because I yeah. f- remember his Ultimate Spider-Man run had hints of that '90s Superman run, or at least I remember it feeling like they were, they had DNA in common, kind of thing. And I think Bendis yeah. is just a big Jurgens fan, probably, which makes sense because uh, who isn't? Yeah. And then um, when he got to take over Superman, he brought the inf- like obviously he brought his writing style from Ultimate Spider-Man forward, and that his supporting characters are just they're so fucking great. Like he's so good at writing a supporting cast yeah yeah and that's what like that's what those 90s books exactly did. right yeah. so that now so yeah. I've, I've been really enjoying it so far some nice. of the stories i'm like all right like the the big bad that they've kind of had so far i'm like this is pretty so are you reading you're reading action comics or superman, superman? well i read okay. man of steel his man of steel miniseries first like that's really what i'm right oh so so rogel's are you're not yes. yeah he wasn't the best he's a little uh, generic to me but like fine i mean he just kind of feels like another dc super strong villain who can punch superman in the face and get punched yeah. by superman in the face and i'm like i've seen i mean obviously we've seen hundreds of those but i had i was having a good time with clark dealing with what's going on in his world more than i was any of the superhero yeah. stuff so and it's it's a character that can kind of get under soup skin because of the ties he has to his history and everything True. as well and that's yeah. and i always like that as seeing you know characters like you know because soup is like physically you know hard to hard to attack so you know the yeah. way that you have to get to him is sort of psychologically emotionally yeah we'll have to talk about that episode i have a actually i wanted to talk to you about some stuff we'll have to do it after the end of the episode some planning things once you guys get home but uh yeah we will uh we'll move on from there so for me geek of the week i've got a couple things i can talk about but the first and foremost thing is that star trek picard actually aired his first episode this week and i'm just going to warn everybody ahead of time as opposed to actually talking about the episode here i'll just give you a warning geek of the week from now on is basically star trek picard time because we're <laughs> just going to talk about i'm going to talk about this fucking show endlessly i'm pretty sure because it's my star because, trek coming back yes. really you know what i mean <laughs> like it's my captain is back like i honestly got emotional even when he just showed up on screen i was like oh fuck i love that man and it's <laughs> you know like it's just weird how that kind of works out. Um, I am really looking forward to it. Like I said, it's, it's, uh, I had like a, a good place episode sort of queued up that I had that. So I ended up watching that first. Yeah. Uh, just, just before we recorded, but Picard is, is like top of my watch list now. Yeah. I, I don't, and like, I won't get into too much of it and we'll have a probably more in depth discussion next week. And then the week after, and then the week after until we do an episode. <laughs> Cause like, this is, I don't know, is like six this, episodes, eight episodes, six or eight. I can't remember anymore. But we'll definitely get into it more because this is kind of like the Star Trek we grew up with kind of coming back. Like Discovery Mm -hmm. was its own thing and like it's Star Trek, so we were going to watch it. But this is like... It's kind of Star Trek. Kind of, yeah. Very much more (laughs) like Star Wars, but that's fine. 
but this is very much like, hey, you grew up admiring Captain Picard, and Captain Picard is back. And he has a couple scenes in here where you're like, oh, yeah. They listen to what everybody bitched about in those movies where he was like action Rambo Jean-Luc Picard yeah. <laughs> and toned all that kind of back a little bit. So he's more like thoughtful and, you know, doing speeches and shit. And I was like, oh, yeah. Nice. I just wish he was still a captain on a ship somewhere. But I mean, hey, the captain's <laughs> back, so it's fine. Well, based on the trailer, it looks like he steals a ship at some point. It's like an old Romulan ship, too, which is very yeah. cool. Anyway, so the only other thing that happened this week was that I started playing Control again. And if you are into SPC kind of fiction kind of stuff, or you like Lovecraftian horror, um, or modern bureaucracies revolving around occult nonsense, I definitely recommend Control as a video game, like go play it on PlayStation or Xbox or PC. Although if you play it on PC, go buy yourself an RTX 2080 card because apparently it's all fucking ray tracing and craziness and mm-hmm. it looks really beautiful. But I've been having a good time with it. I've been playing on Xbox and it's very fun. So good times. Nice. All right. It's uh, it's meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode. I'm going to vaguely participate and say like it's weed flavored meat this week now it's it's uh it's movie time meat oh sadness and it's sadness infused meat is kind of (laughs) (laughs) so everything is super 90s this week again and we saw captain picard make his return pearl jam put out his first single in eight years shocking jesus yeah and it was it's a thing that happened and obviously we've kind of talked about kevin smith having made another jay and silent bob movie and that movie is what we're talking about tonight we reviewed the Jersey Trilogy just as Paul joined us full-time, so you can go back and hear our thoughts overall on those movies, but long story short, we're here at Reboot, which is way further down the line, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to talk about it. So this is... I, I'm not actually even sure. Is this movie 8 in the Askew universe? Like, I mean, some of them have, like, yeah, Clerks, Marash, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Dogma uh, Jane Silent Jane Bob, 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 Strikes Back, back. Clerks 2? Clerk, yeah, Clerks 2. Fuck. Is that and it? Then, Is that the end of it? I think that was the last one in the Isk universe, right? I can't remember anything else being in there. I don't know. We have the internets. We can check I know, this. and like at this point, I know that he's starting to wrap Zack and Miri into that universe as well. Like Apparently yeah. that happened in the Isk universe as well. I mean, there's the Jay and Silent Bob movie, uh, uh, cartoon movie, but I don't know if that <sighs> really counts. Did you see that? No, I did not. It, it doesn't count. <laughs> but that looks to be according to wikipedia sort of the only thing between clerks 2 and now okay, that, that sort sense. of counts even though you know stuff like tusk and stuff have like tangential connections to true the East universe true so i guess th- this is i'm trying to think how to describe this because <laughs> it doesn't really feel like a movie to me I guess it kind of feels like a series of cameos. Like he was just having fun making yeah. this. So I'm kind of <laughs> like, it's hard to do a structured review or a critique of this because it's not, it doesn't feel like a movie at all. But the, the, the long and short of it is the, the movie starts with Jay and silent Bob running a pot thing, growing, growing grow up. operation, grow up in Jersey and getting arrested for it. Because I guess out of RST video. <laughs> yes. Out of the, where RST video was. And he yeah. is, because of course the movie starts with fucking Randall driving up and then getting grabbed. No, Dante. Dante, sorry. I always think I always get them confused because I want Randall to be there and I don't <laughs> want Dante to be there. So either way, the movie opens with Dante pulling into the quick stop and getting immediately grabbed by FBI agents and immediately 
volunteering to turn over. Like part of the my problem I have with the movie is that there's bits like this that I liked where like he gets grabbed, slammed on the fucking car, and he's like, I know who Randall is and I can tell you where he is. You know what I mean? Because he just immediately yeah. assumes they're there for Randall. And I was yeah. like, that's good. Like that makes sense. It makes sense for the characters and stuff. And then it just turns into a bit. We're yeah. like, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yeah. And then it's like, I wasn't even <laughs> supposed to be here today. And then Jake comes out and does the tuck. And then Silent yeah. Bob comes out and doesn't say anything. And it's like, <laughs> we're just doing this bit. And I'm like, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> so, either way, that's the start of the movie. We want to do, well, how about we go through, we'll kind of go through the plot. Because what I did, this is how kind of weirdly I feel about this movie. I was writing a synopsis of the plot so that we kind of go point by point through it. And I got bored halfway through and couldn't fucking bother myself to do it anymore. Because there isn't really a lot of plot going on in this movie. Essentially, the plot is the, once they get arrested, they go to jail. They have an extravagantly overly long courtroom scene with Craig T. Robinson Joe, and the the thing we got to point out mostly is just the cameos, right? It's just yeah, Joe Manganiello, yeah, yeah, and Justin Long plays Justin his Long. character from Zack and Miri, thus tying the Zack and Miri movie into the Ask Universe. Yeah, yeah, plays their lawyer who kind of cons them into selling the rights to their names to Saban Films, who they make constant jokes about Power Rangers because of. Yeah, Saban Rightfully Films. So yeah, absolutely, because uh, it's the only movie they've made so far. I think is that Power Rangers reboot that happened a couple years ago. So, and then this, I think they may have produced this as well now. And Saban Films is going to reboot Jay and Silent Bob, or actually not Jay and Silent Bob, Bond Man and Chronic. Bond Man and Chronic, yep. Yeah. The movie that Jay and Silent Bob try to stop being from being made in Jay and Silent and Bob, Strike Bob Strikes Back. So we go through the long scene at that point, and then Jay and Silent Bob decided they need to go to Hollywood and stop this from happening again. <laughs> so off we go. And there's a point where, like, I don't know what they do after this. Because they go and talk to Brody, right? Yeah, Brody. Oh, geez. So that was, like, you know, there is this fucking movie's full of references. And that mm-hmm. was the deepest cut reference for me was, like, Brody explaining to them what reboots are. And it was, and, and then the saying, like, they don't make sequels anymore. Hell, they don't even make squeakquels anymore. <laughs> that was a fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks reference. I was like, there's no way we're going to get a reference more obscure than that. No. No, uh, that we and I don't think we we might have if someone will have to cut this movie apart. Not me because I I can't sit through this fucking movie again. But um, I didn't hate it. You didn't I mean? Know, I, I guess we should get to that. Like, do you want to do like just your synopsis thoughts at the top? I guess. Sure. So, like, what did you think of Jay and Silent Bob reboot, Tim? Let's be honest. This is not a good movie. Yeah. No. But it also never like really even tries to be or claims no. to be like Mew's a fucking terrible actor. But like. He does it okay, was, though. Like, there's scenes where I'm like, oh, I don't mind Muse in this scene because he's just, as long as he's playing Jay, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love him as Jay. As soon as he starts to do anything else, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, well, really? They're going to have him, like, try and be emotional dad here? That's yeah. not going to go well. Yeah. Like, that's not going to work out super well. Although, yeah. like, his daughter shows up. Like, that's his daughter that is playing Ben Affleck's daughter at the end. So. Oh, was oh, I, I, I knew that ha- that had to be somebody, but I couldn't. Uh, that's his real life daughter. The reason why right, like right, this right. movie got made and like it's about what it's about is because Kev is so in awe of Jay and his daughter's relationship. Like Jay's yeah. apparently the best dad of all time. And like yeah. from the podcast stories that I've heard the two of them tell, I'm like, actually, he does sound like he may actually be the greatest father that has ever existed. So yeah. weird, gross, meth head Jay Muse has <laughs> missing turned all out. his fucking teeth. Yeah, missing all like uh, all all porcelain in the poor man's yeah. mouth now. Like it's all fake. <laughs> all beneath, yeah. yeah, but st- apparently is fucking dad of the century. You know what I mean? Which just yeah. it, it sounds funny to say, but 
it's also kind of very heartwarming to hear. So, so this movie was just an excuse for Kev to like give him a bunch of money without just like giving it to him. Basically, yeah. And I think it was also a way to give his daughter a bunch of money uh, without just giving it to him, even though she was also in a Quentin Tarantino movie this year or last year. So. She's yeah, probably yeah. doing better than he is at this point. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely cool. So like you had, so you were no, yeah. I mean, it was a fucking nostalgia bomb, right? Like, yeah, yeah I wasn't going into this expecting very much, and I didn't fucking get very much. Yeah. But like, it felt like coming home in a lot of ways. But yeah. coming home where you're the same, but everything else has moved on. Yes. <laughs> well, I was. I felt so. it was kind of the opposite. Where like I've changed too much. And I've come home and everything around me has changed or nothing around me has changed and I don't fit in anymore. Yeah, Going back to your hometown, you're like, holy shit, this is exactly the same as it was. And And I am not the same person. It's interesting because I'm having this weekend where like my sister's birthday was yesterday and like I don't see her friends very often. But like Mm -hmm. when I do see them, it's basically just like a flashback to like the 90s and like them being in high school and being just like a pain in my ass all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, I was having this weird like, oh, fuck, I hate coming home and dealing with like the same people kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that like, oh, man, nothing changes down here, I guess. So either way. Yeah. So. I kind of had this a same the same reaction to Tim. So the first time I watched this movie, I enjoyed it in that very same way where I was just like, man, it's fun. Like everybody's back. I got a couple good little giggles. Nothing great, but like I got a couple good little like, ah, I can't believe they made that joke still. Yeah, there were a couple that got me. Yeah. Where I wasn't seeing it coming. And like I was I was enjoying the cameos and it all felt like it like the story made sense for a Jay and Silent Bob movie. Like I was totally on board with everything happening and all that kind of stuff, but I've, like I've, it just felt soulless and kind of slapped together. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, without yeah, a lot of care. And, like, yeah. the script felt very first draft, and, like, it needed another edit pass for sure because some of these scenes go on way too long. And the problem was, again, I do this to myself every time we do this. I watched the movie twice. So the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, man, I had a good time with that. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody to watch more than once. Like, it's not my favorite Jane Silent Bob movie, but I didn't hate it. And then I watched it again and was like, oh, shit. All the nostalgia <laughs> had worn off. As yeah, was, yeah. Like, oh shit, he's back. He's like, all right, I know he's here now. Like, I know he's here, and we're gonna be in this scene for fifteen minutes. Like, <sighs> my problem, I guess, would also be like, it almost feels like he regressed. I watched Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back before I watched Reboot, and that movie actually moves nicely, is edited very well, and is shot nicely. Like, it's technically proficient. Like, it's it put together well enough that it doesn't. It looks. You know those '90s like Universal, basically Mall Rats, right? Those '90s Universal comedies kind of thing, like an American Pie. It yeah. felt like a good version of that. You so, can tell that there was more studio involvement in those, right? Like where they were like, "Okay, you can't put it out like this. You need to, you know, do this and this to it," kind of thing, yeah. which isn't always a bad thing. And Kev probably needs to kind of rein them in. I do. I, I think definitely Kev needs it more, just for the polish more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I think is really lacking in this one. It's just like there's no sense of polish to it. Like all the scenes kind of run on like their original yeah. length. And there's no editing happening and that kind of and stuff. And he's so. he's so self-deprecating that he's just like, look, like this isn't meant to be fucking art. Let's just put it out like this. And then the studios would probably be like, like, if we put it out like this, we're not going to get anybody to come see it, and yeah. we need to make some money off of this fucking thing. So you're going to do another pass, and or here we'll we'll give it to somebody. And yeah, yeah, I think that's why he does the road shows now because like he, I don't think I think he kind of knows these movies wouldn't do well if he released them generally, kind of thing. So yeah. he takes them on the road to do it that way and builds up a little bit of hype it's still really frustrating though it is it's super frustrating because i like it's almost like he gave up in a way for me where i'm like 
used at to least make, with this with yeah. the, the Ask universe stuff anyways yeah absolutely and i i feel like ever since red state i feel like that was the last really good movie he made where like he really put his fucking heart and soul into it and it came out really well and nobody cared and that i think that broke him I don't. I guess I don't know how else to describe I, it. I love. I mean, Red State got really good reviews. Not a lot of people went to see it, but and I. I mean, Tusk for what it is is actually fucking well done. Yeah, like it's really fucking niche, but it's well done for what it is and what he tried to do with it. But again, like I feel like those two were his Pinkerton, basically, right? Like <laughs> were were him like you know really trying to put put his everything into something and make something truly good and different and. It didn't really get the the reaction he wanted, and so now he's like, "Well, guess I'm just making more fucking movies about these two stoners." Yeah, and like doing my podcast stuff, basically, because he he kind of stopped doing movies for a a good chunk of time post, uh, especially like Red State does kind of flopping. He just does the podcasts and events and like uh, the live appearances and stuff, and fucking yoga hoshers. Oh fuck! Did you ever watch that? I did. It yeah. Was so so bad. And that's why this movie wasn't a surprise to me. Like I knew what I was getting into because I'm like, if he's if that's what he, that's where he's working right now. Like that's the, we'll just call it the area that he's working in is kind of yoga hosers. Like that's the meteor he wants to be in. I was expecting very little from this movie because of that. Because like that movie is. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I think that that and this i mean yoga hosers i think was basically a chance for him to work with his daughter mm-hmm. and also fucking johnny depp's daughter and johnny depp and johnny depp uh, who was surprised yeah. didn't show up again in this like i was amazed yeah. that they were doing this movie and like we're gonna cast they cast four girls to be like do you know if his daughter if the if their daughter is like even hang out anymore though like, uh, that's the thing i don't know they might not speak anymore i have no yeah. idea so like that's one of those things i was be like because in my my head my first thing was like what where's lily right like why would you not get yeah it's lily right lily yeah. lily rose i think yeah, lily, rose. lily rose depp yeah uh lily rose to come back and then also you know raise the bar on this movie a little bit by having johnny come back and do something i guess because i mean i guess you maybe you don't want him around because of johnny depp news stories at this point but, yeah exactly but so i don't know i mean at, at this point, like, I feel like it's these movies are reunions for him more than they mm-hmm. are like trying to make money. Right. They're just let's get everybody together and have some fucking fun and that kind of thing and make some references and I'll be really fucking meta and self-deprecating. And and like he I think you could tell there's a lot of jokes about it's not really in the movie, but more jokes of like of him on the podcast circuit talking about how like the only reason this movie happened is because he had his heart attack and everybody messaged yeah. him as a result of that heart attack. No, that was in there. He he did that on this stage. I, oh, uh, that's right. He, he did. Playing he himself did. on the stage. Yeah, he did. He's like, yeah, I, I guilted everybody into this movie. It should yeah. receive like a SAG award for the most guilt motivated movie of all time or some yeah. shit. Uh, yeah. and that's and that's basically what his line has been about the movie like on the yeah. podcast and stuff since then like he got like i got all these cameos everybody reached out and said yes to all this stuff because i almost died and i was like yeah. it <laughs> sounds callous when you say it that way but like that's exactly what he did like he had yeah. that heart attack i mean it's absolutely a masturbatory movie like yeah. even more so than yoga hosers was but i'm okay with that for the most part because like it is fucking what it says on the tin. Like, it's not like we we're going in looking for anything different than that. No, no. Or expecting anything different than that. I think it was more like just hoping for something. Like, I've, I've, I think it lacked the heart of those original movies. And that's what kind of broke me a little bit on it. Whereas, like, I wanted it to at least... Like, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, like the 2000 movie, is not a great movie. But it has a heart to it. Like, and a, I don't know. Like, it feels like a nicer hole. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... I can go mm-hmm. back and watch that movie and be like, it's so 2000s and it has not aged well. And like, 
some of the humors we wouldn't do anymore and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I still like that movie. Whereas this movie, I'm like, I'll never watch this again. Basically. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just super torn on it because like, I love Kev, obviously. Like I've listened to all his podcasts. I, I've followed him around, done all that kind of stuff. I've drawn, I did that really big drawing of him a couple months ago that I posted. Yeah. Um, like I'm a big fan. I just wish like he would, I'm trying to think how to phrase this with something like a complete fucking asshole. <laughs> I just wish he would try. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's a very, he could be a very talented director, but he always goes on these things where he's like, I'm not very good at the visual stuff. I'm like, well, get fucking good at it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it, I think it, what it is is that it bothers me so much that if I had gotten the opportunity and made clerks and then gotten the opportunity he got as a result of that, I'd have been like, Yes, give me a Marvel movie. Yes, give me this. Yes, give me that. Like, I want to push myself super hard and get good at all that stuff. So I find his, like, eh, I'm just not that interested in the visual side of it. So fucking frustrating. Or, like, the technical, <laughs> like, making a good movie side of it. I yeah. find it very frustrating to hear. But I'm like, you've been given this ton of money and an opportunity to do something. And you kind of always want to half-ass it. And I'm like, just whole-ass it once. And we could get chasing Amy with a big budget, like a good movie with a big budget that works and might actually yeah. sell. But he never or just don't do, do it. <laughs> or yes, you know, or like if you want to re- like retire and fucking live off your riches, then fucking retire and live off your riches. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no shame in that. You know, you, if you fucking succeeded, then you've you know earned that. And but then yeah. You can, but then you just do this, and then yes. you just do mediocre shit. And like it, we're gonna get we're gonna get a mall rats too now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's going to be the same level as this, and then like he's going to do Clerks yeah, three. But Clerks actually. Clerks two was actually really solid. So if he puts the same care into Mallrats two, and and Mallrats two, this fucking like came out really quick, right? Like he came up with it really quick, fucking got everything together. I was like, how the fuck is this already made? Whereas Mallrats, he's definitely been taking his time more with. So maybe that's where his focus and his artistic fucking mindset has been has been going towards. Fingers crossed. I would love to believe that, except I I've lis- I listened to his podcast, and I know that part of the plot of what he had planned for Mallrats 2 is in Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. Like the Maul and Con thing. Like that was the plot of mall rats too. And I think there's enough of that skeleton you can see with them going to Brody and like the mall being dead or the third act kind of, or the second act kind of changed to be more about there. You have to go to LA and stop the movie as opposed to, we're going to throw this con at the mall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I could see where like they changed that plot into this plot and how mm-hmm. they didn't, so that they didn't have to move a bunch of pieces around or like reshoot or change the big set pieces kind of thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that's why this didn't hold together super well for me because he repurposed the script to it's fucking jigsawed. Yeah, and that's probably that might be part of the problem I'm also having that I'm just not. I'm now I'm now I'm realize like putting the pieces together and realizing why I'm having trouble with the script of this movie because yeah, it was a script for a completely fucking different movie that he retrofitted to be a Jane Silent Bob movie, a hundred percent. Where I mm-hmm. assume Jane Silent Bob would have had an appearance in Mallrats two and will have an appearance in Mallrats two and Clerks three, but they weren't meant to be the stars of the movie. And now they're the stars of the movie and things have moved around. Yeah. So that's kind of our overall thoughts on Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So we can, we can just end the episode now. Cause like <laughs> fucking terrible. And we shouldn't talk about it. Mm, there's still I, I want to talk about some stuff in there. Cause there was some stuff that like, I want to talk about the stuff that I did like, or like we did like, cause there was some stuff that made me laugh. Like I love Craig T. Robinson. Like we just start right at the beginning again. Like they go to the courtroom and like, as soon as Craig T. Robinson walks in, I'm like, I know I'm going to enjoy this scene the first time I watch it. Cause Craig T. Robinson's fucking hilarious. Yeah, Joe so, Manganiello was pretty good in it too. 
he was doing Joe Mangelino stuff. wasn't doing much, yeah. but like he, yeah. he killed it. He's he just standing there looking ridiculously handsome, though. Like that man's so <laughs> fucking hot. Like he's yeah. so hot. So that was cool. And then Justin Long, like I like Justin Long, and that character is so ridiculous. Yeah, and he has, seems to have a good time playing him too. Like he's just having a good mm-hmm. time chomping the scenery. And I think he, him and Kev must be buds because they seem to just like they work well together. That group of guys yeah. worked well together. And who else is in that scene? I don't remember who the like. I looked up the actress's name, and she wasn't anybody I really recognized. Oh, no, but they, but they did like highlight her in the yeah. Jane Silent Bob reboot. The cast. problem is this cast is like five hundred people long. It's gonna take forever. It to is find massive. It. Yeah, it's probably the biggest cast he's ever had, except for Strikes Back. Frank Frankie Shaw. Yeah. Uh, she was in oh Smilf. Oh, okay. That Showtime series, yep, but yeah, that's mainly what she's done. Okay, fair enough. Like she was funny. I thought she was great, and like I would like to see. She was cute enough that I was like, oh, I wish she would be in more stuff so that I could see her in other things. Cause yeah, she was also in the first season of uh, Mr. Robot, which I still need to watch. Oh, oh, that's where I recognized her from then. Okay, I knew I recognized her, but I didn't remember from where. I haven't seen, I've only seen the first two seasons of that. I got to go back and finish that movie mm-hmm. or that show. I love Mr. Robot. Um, she's like our age too. Yeah, she's, yeah. I remember looking her up when I watched Mr. Robot. I was like, she's cute. Who is she? <laughs> cool. So like, yeah. So that like, I I enjoyed the interactions in that scene. It just goes on too long. It needed to be cut. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna say this every time we talk about something. So like, yeah, this was great. And it was awesome having so and so do this long fucking thing. <laughs> this movie did not need to be fucking an hour forty five minutes by any no. stretch. It, like, there was a tight ninety minute movie in oh, here. Oh, absolutely. And actually, I bet you it would have been it'd be way better at ninety. I bet you yeah. like I wouldn't have any as many complaints at ninety minutes as I do yeah. at, at an hour and forty five. Because it, it, again, it's like some of the scenes. It's like he was too precious about not wanting to cut bits out of the scenes. And yeah. Because, let them because they were, they were with his friends or his family and shit like that. He's like, no, I'm not cutting this. Yeah. You know, Har- Harley would be heartbroken if I cut that scene. Yeah. Or, whatever. or like we got, we got Jason Lee in here finally after recovering from his Scientology mess and yeah. he'd be heartbroken if we took his 15 minute fucking monologue out or whatever. I was like, well, maybe next time just give him a five minute monologue instead. Yeah. That would be great. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, so we moved from the courtroom scene quickly to what is it called brody secret stash brody, brody secret stash yep which is in the mall from mall rats which is dying yeah and they make a really great probably movie. in real life and in the fucking oh, movie <laughs> i assume it i think they bought it to church to, i think that's where they shot the movie or no they mm. shot it in new orleans i think there was a plan originally to buy that mall and like retrofit it to do mall rats 2 like that's, just turn oh, it into yeah. a movie studio basically for the that time they were going to do mall rats 2 and i think that's kind of again one of the vestiges of this movie being mall rats 2 mm-hmm. during production and stuff but no it's like so we get the fun scene of him going in obviously there's the stan lee thing in the back and like that was my favorite part of this entire movie i'm just going to say that at the top uh, the Stan Lee IMDb bit they cut in in the post credits yeah. thing. I was like, yeah. I got misty eyed seeing Stan, and like mm-hmm. I always like watching him and Kev do their bit because they just have like a nice like Laurel and Hardy kind of fucking shtick yeah, together. Such a good they, so I was like, oh man, I miss that man more than I liked anything in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we get in there and, Bro- and of course at this point Brody's got to go into total Brody mode, right? Like we were going to go hundred percent brody and he's going to explain everything in the most in the crudest way possible and he's going to tell them about the jane or i always want to call it jane silent bob reboot because that's what the movie's called but the blunt man and chronic reboot that they're planning to do and i'm still trying to figure out because then they leave there and go to movies to get food yeah well i mean is that the scene where we figure out that or was it during the courtroom scene oh no it's during the courtroom scene where i think that uh they we learn that kevin smith actually exists oh yes universe yes that which is like fucking like mind fuckingly meta (laughs) and i guess we have to assume that like he exists but he's only made the non-esque universe movies 
So he's made like Cop Out and fucking Jersey Girl. Well, they and, make like, jokes about all those movies, like the, the yeah. shitty movies, right? But they don't make any jokes about the Universe movies. So I'm like, how did he get famous in this world? Because he didn't make <laughs> Clerks. Like, if he didn't make Clerks, like, he didn't get famous on Cop Out. Like, I, I'm sorry. That movie's <laughs> fucking awful. It like, is pretty bad. Like, it's pretty so bad. bad. Yeah. But, I mean, at least at least he, you can tell that Kevin Smith is very self-aware, you know, that he's made some fucking garbage over the years. And he's oh, yeah. able to poke shit at fun, like, Cop Out and Jersey Girl. and Yeah. And that's kind of the reason why I can't just, like, 100% hate on him for this. Because eventually he's going to come around and be like, I know that was fucking garbage. And I knew I just I did it because I got a bunch of fucking my friends to show up. And I got, like... Chris Hemsworth showed up. How the fuck did he get Hemsworth? Like, I understand that, like, they probably might not even ever been in the same room because it was all green screen. Mm-hmm. But how the fuck did he ever get Hemsworth to agree to be do, in this? Do you want to hear the whole story? I can tell you the whole story right now. It's not like, yeah. that long. So when they made Thor 2, Kev reviewed it. And he was just like, I don't understand why this movie makes Chris Hemsworth so serious all the fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. all the time, all the time. Like, let him be funny because he's fucking funny. And also, these movies are boring. So when they started talking about Ragnarok, Chris Hemsworth cited Kevin Smith in his meetings with Marvel Studios being like, the fans like me, and they think I'm funny, but these Mm -hmm. scripts are fucking awful. So let's do something fun for the next one, or I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. And that's how Ragnarok happened. So Chris Hemsworth, via Twitter and all that kind of stuff, kind of offhandedly mentioned like the reason why Ragnarok happens because I listened to a Kevin Smith podcast and Smith said like Smith never says he hates anything but Hemsworth basically made it sound like I fucking hated this movie because XYZ also Hemsworth is wasted blah 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 blah. so he said if I'm going to come back I want to take that advice which seems to be the fandom at large's opinion just filtered through Kevin Smith which is kind of what ends up happening a lot these days anyway and then going to Marvel and being like I want to make something fun that these guys will like and he thanked Kev as a result of Ragnarok's success and kind of rebirthing the Thor character, basically, yeah. like kind of rebooting the Thor character into what he is now, which like obviously we all love. I mean, up to the point where Fat Thor and we had issues with that, but like up, you know what I mean? Like the Ragnarok through Infinity War, that version of Thor is fucking awesome, right? Like the the kind of goofier, more bouncy kind of version of Thor. Mm-hmm. And that's a result of him listening to Kevin Smith say, like, we didn't like Dark World, blah, 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 blah. So I guess when Kev had the heart attack and he started reaching out to people, like he got Hemsworth because Hemsworth credits him with Thor, Thor's resurgence. Nice. Yeah, and and I mean, probably that probably took like Hemsworth like two hours to do at most. Or uh, that's shit. that's exactly what happened. He's like, yeah, he came in on set. We set up the green screen thing. We I wrote the scene for him so that we could do. We, we didn't know how exactly he was going to be able to fit in. He wasn't going to be able to affect the plot, but we just wanted him to show up because we could get Chris Hemsworth to show up. Yeah. So he wrote the little hologram thing for him, which honestly, funniest fucking part of the whole movie. Was that hologram. It was a good bit. It was a solid bit. Yeah, like he's talking about like don't touch me or hump me or fucking fillet me and all this shit. I was like, this is fucking funny. And the, like, and the girls are doing exactly that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know what? This is the best bit in the movie. And it's obviously Hemsworth didn't have a script. He was just like, Oh, what's the bit? Oh, I'm a hologram version of me. He's like, All right, I don't want anybody touching me. And they were like, Yeah, just riff on that. Because it's clearly <laughs> just him riffing on it and going and going and going and going until they get like the good stuff and there it is, right? But yeah, that was that was the big like I know Affleck shows up eventually and everybody was very excited about Affleck showing up, but I was like the Hemsworth get was bigger for me because I was like, oh yeah, that's huge. cool. Like Chris Hemsworth is fucking massive, so good yeah. for you, Kev. You got fucking Thor in your movie. Now you need <laughs> to get our DJ and Chris Evans. Good luck. Yeah, jeez. Well, he <laughs> he's he's uh, clearly uh, appealing to Robert Downey. Oh yeah, in the, in the last scene there. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pushing for that Iron Man, you know. Yeah. 
I like, I like that that was the the bit that Brody Bruce had too, where he's they're talking about all these reboots and franchise and doing exactly the same thing that we do and like the fandom kind of at large does, where we're all like, we don't want any more of this shit, no more sequels, no more of this, do something original, do this, that, 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 that. But give me more Marvel movies. Except the Marvel movies don't fucking talk about those, you fucking (laughs) assholes. Those are that's from Jesus himself. Like that's yeah. <laughs> don't you dare. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, re- I related to that bit, <laughs> at least I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, where, where, where were we? What's the next, like, it's basically just like, what's the next cameo, right? Like, so we go, we go, well, then, mo- then there's the whole nod to the too flat to too fat to fly incident. There was that. That was nice. And Molly Shannon, like that's another fucking big get. Yeah. Uh, playing the, the South best rep. Uh, so for anybody that doesn't remember that there was, was, I don't know, five years ago it was before kev had his uh heart attack anyways uh and lost all the weight where he southwest basically said that he needed to buy an extra seat and he was all embarrassed and there's a whole fucking social media thing and and so he flat out just lampooned that in this movie and and then it ended up being actually that they were on the no fly list not that he was too fat to fly <laughs> uh yeah no i, I like that bit that was good because then they go they go from there because then they can't fly they go to take a bus they go to movies right like they just end up at movies at some point uh oh no yeah fred no armisen. from fred from armisen. fred armisen another fucking huge get that was a huge get that would that like one surprised his, me because he's a, yeah that he's one a big fucking deal these days and, and you know i would say usually considers himself a little bit like higher brow kind of mm-hmm. thing than you know than fucking jay and silent bob jay and silent bob weed humor kind of thing yeah so but i mean i i guess that that does speak to you know the the lasting impact that kev's movies have had on the fucking generation of people and comedians right is yeah, like absolutely. he wouldn't have done like he probably he might have even gone to kev and said like hey can i do something in your movie like i fucking love thank clerks you for everything you've done yeah i fucking love like clerks yeah. chasing amy or whatever like just give me something to do so i can be in there kind of thing absolutely yeah i'm sure at least some of those cameos like joe manganiello is probably one of those too like that kind of thing yeah absolutely and like fred armison's fucking he was so funny in this like he was yeah it's so funny to watch like real yeah. high-end comedic talent having to deal with jay and silent bob kind of thing yeah. you know what I mean? Where they're like <laughs> i gotta play this down a little bit because like muse just i don't want to outshine them yeah i can't outshine jason muse which is not probably <laughs> yeah. hard to do if you're especially if you're fred armison who's like the funniest motherfucker alive these days right yeah. like he's so fucking good at this stuff so but he he crushed it and they yeah so he drives them to movies where we get <laughs> the the kate mcclushy <laughs> cameo where she's the girl yeah. behind the thing and then jen swalbach kev's wife yeah, that Kev gets to bang. Yeah, Kev gets to bang on camera, which I, I, I'm <laughs> astounded because Schwalbach usually hates this shit, and I'm I'm amazed she went along with any of this riff at all. But yeah, it was interesting to me to see her kind of show up again. What's funny is like they keep doing this, like every, they recast everybody three million times. She's been 17 characters in the ESC universe now. You know what I mean? She's probably got more varied characters than almost anybody else because she's been she was the Just these little cameos. Yeah, but she was like the jewel thief. Was she in Dogma? Mm-hmm. I want to say she was in Dogma, but that might have been just around when they started dating. But she's in yeah. Jay and Bob's Strikes Again, or Strikes Back. Strikes Back, and then uh, she's in Clerks 2. She's in Clerks 2, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, she's in this one. And they're all three of them are separate characters, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. She's... She'll be, she'll be in the next one. You know, like she'll be in Mall Rats too. So yeah, and then that's where uh, Jay sees Justice. Uh, his yeah, his booby kitty fuck. Yeah, on the on the TV, <laughs> and 
decides he needs to go to Chicago to find her. On and the like, way. shout out to Shannon Elizabeth for just looking like she hasn't aged since 1999. Like, she looks exactly the fucking same. I, would- I mean, they they may have just had her like preserved or like frozen because I don't think she's done anything no, since then. I, I'm pretty so- sure she was in stasis from like <laughs> yeah, exactly. strikes, yeah, strikes back to now. <laughs> her right beside Walt Disney's head. Yeah, she she looks she looked amazing. So that's awesome. And she was exactly the same character. Like, I mean, Shannon Elizabeth never the greatest yeah. actress of all time. Yes, yeah, same level of acting uh, acting prowess. Yeah, same level of acting prowess as 20 years ago, which is not much. Nope, not much. But uh, <laughs> still, like, she's still bubbly, she's still fun to watch, super cute, yeah. all that stuff. And she's the one who kind of introduces us to finally getting around to Harley Quinn Smith's character, whose name I can't remember now. Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. Yeah, of course, I, re- I would repress that. I would re- oh, absolutely. Yeah, named as Mini or yeah. uh, short form Mini. Yeah. So, yeah. We've met Kevin's daughter, who is playing Jay's daughter in the movie. <laughs> Which, there, there's like some fucking therapy to be had there. Oh, could you imagine? Like, having Kevin Smith as a father, first of all, would be therapy reasons enough, I'm sure. <laughs> and then having to play fucking Jason Mew's teenage daughter. Yeah, on top of that. And like, there's enough podcast stories about like the awful shit those guys got up to. That like, <laughs> you, she probably knows most of it. And like, it's awful. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and conversations about like his mom... Like their her her parents having sex that are just like everywhere that I've heard and laughed at. You know what I mean? And I'm sure yeah. she's now heard them and it's just like, oh man. Because I oh know God. he's described the night she was conceived in detail on a podcast because I've heard it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. where you're at with living with Kevin it's, Smith. It's just oh and all the Shecky stories. Yes. Shecky. Shecky. <laughs> Shecky the dog. Okay, so now we we've got the movies. Now we've moved on to that. We're introduced to Chicago. Yeah, so we moved to Chicago, which we get the only real good dogma reference in this entire movie is them talking about being in Sherman or looking for Sherman, Illinois. Well, we get fucking Loki, that whole interstitial with Loki. That's true. We the, get fucking Matt Damon too. Matt like Damon I mean Matt Damon, that wasn't as surprising of a cameo because no. obviously Kev's got more history with them. And then, also but. Matt Damon doing cameos is basically all he fucking does now. Like yeah. when he showed up, I was like, I hope he's in more of this than just like three minutes. And then he wasn't, and I was like, Yep. And then he did that. F- that fucking reborn identity gag. Yeah. I was like that that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once they got to that point, everything up to that point, I was like, oh man, this is great. Like I was having fun with the riff. And then he started doing the born thing. I was like, oh, too much. Too yeah. much. But yeah, but that's really the only time they really reference dogma is like having Loki show up and then having I mean, I guess they talk about Alanis Morissette looking like God looks like Alanis Morissette a couple times, which made me laugh. And then, uh, and then Jay starts at the end, like telling uh, Millie about all his adventures, mm. and he talks about like how they fucking like met God and all this. They they basically start recounting the events of Dogma. And she's yeah. just looking at them like, "What the? F- you smoked too much weed." Yeah, there's too much weed in your system right now. Yeah, uh, permanently, <laughs> I think. And you yeah. need to stop that. I guess if Kevin Smith exists in this world, though, did he make Dogma? Could she not just show him Dogma and be like, "This is based on." my life look there's yeah. jay and silent bob no because jay and silent bob are in dog well yeah, that's I what i mean it's confusing so here's my other question does that mean scream 3 doesn't exist in this universe like they never made another Cause jay, yeah because jay and silent bob were in scream yeah unless they just got cheech and chong to do it in that universe i guess like, i don't know who else you would get <laughs> yeah who else know. who's jay and silent bob for the i had a kbc for the modern day <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah for for 20 years ago yeah for 20 years ago who's an alternate <laughs> jane silent bob for 20 years ago nobody because there was jane silent we had jane silent bob so we didn't need anybody else yeah method and red man 
Oh man, that was a, I like that bit. Like when they showed up because yeah. they kept making reference to Method and Red, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I I know they're turning up because I know they're buds with Kev. But and they even fucking uh, like. Uh, when Jay says like, "Oh, we live our fucking lives by how high," and like one of them is like, "That movie is fucking terrible, yeah, guys." Fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> which nobody should live their life according to how high. Which it is, but it's still like it's still a classic. So yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, where she's like, "I know it's not good, but I still fucking love it." So yeah, there it is. Uh, what and then and then Millie fucking poisons uh, Jane Silent Bob. She gives him, him f- too much edibles. I was like. Like, there's no way those guys' tolerance is that low that, like, 200 milligrams of a pop brownie is going to fucking knock them out. It's just not. And also, like, there's no way that anybody makes a, like, a little square of chocolate where if you eat it, it's, like, 50 times the recommended dose. Yeah. I don't know why I'm picking up plot holes in this fucking movie. I don't know either. I'm not sure either. (laughs) I I thought about that only because, like, my brother-in-law makes, like, he's a chef, right? But he's also Mm. a pothead. And so he's always trying, he's always making edibles and stuff. And he made chocolate and he had chocolate at the house last night. And he was like, you got to try it. And I'm like, I'll melt into a puddle if I take an edible right now. So, like, can I take it home and I'll take it tomorrow night? Yeah. But... But it also takes like an hour for edibles to kick in. I just, I don't want to ruin the reality of Jane Silent Bob reboot for you. But like, (laughs) it takes some time for your body to like digest Digest. and process the weed. So you don't get, it's like an hour later, you get this warm tingling feeling. And then a half an hour after that, you just, you're a fucking ball of goo. Yeah. You're just useless. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, it knocks you out like a roofie or no. And that's that, even that's not that fast. But like, there was, they look like they were like shot with ether or something like that. Yeah. So, oh, you know, what we did miss. I think we missed the uh, because how they get in, how they get that Uber is uh, by stealing Ralph Garman's identity. Stealing, I, I knew we were, I, I put Garmin in here. I'm like, we got to make sure we yeah. mention Garmy. Yeah. I want to, we got to shout out there is a point in the movie where every one of his podcast co hosts show up, and I can, I wrote them down. So, Garmy is obviously the guy they stole the credit card from, which was awesome. Whose name is Ted Underhill, which is uh, like a Tolkien reference yeah. because that's the name that Frodo travels under when he's like trying to avoid detection by Sauron's minions or whatever. So I was like, great, fucking Tolkien reference. I'm there for that. Which is interesting from Smith because he hates those fucking movies, you know what I mean? And I think... Does he? Reason- I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, remember the whole bit in Clerks 2? Like those movies are just about. Oh walking. yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He well, he makes fun of them all the time. And like the yeah, reasons, yeah. the reasons I make fun of them are the same reasons Kev makes fun of them. Basically, I just I just steal his <laughs> bit to do that. And I'm Wasn't I'm that I our think, whole podcast. Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, the half the reason like we I didn't talk about it at the top, but the reason why the fucking podcast exists is because when Eric and I started talking about, it, I'm like, yes, let's make Smodcast our version. Like that's mm-hmm. why we do this podcast, Canadian Smodcast. In my head, yeah, and like basically Smodcast for the longest time was them doing Scan BC which was just him and Mosier going through the police blotter for Vancouver and like the Vancouver metro area and just talking about how quaint the crimes were compared to what they would get in Jersey or like LA or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's so wholesome. But yeah, like the genesis of Dance Robot Dance comes from me loving Smodcast. So like, if you hate this podcast, I don't know why you're listening to it, but if you hate it, go blame Kevin <laughs> Smith because he's the reason why I started doing this. So yeah, but yeah, it was awesome because like uh, so that's Garmy. He's a Rings fan, I'm pretty sure. Although I haven't watched listened to Babylon in forever. And he, yeah, so he's the co-host of Hollywood Babylon. Mm-hmm. The cook at the movies was the guy who does education with Kev. Oh, okay, I knew he had to be somebody because yeah. they like yeah focused on him a couple times. And I, yeah, whose name I can never remember because they only do that podcast once every three months. So like I don't I don't hear his name all the time. And then mm-hmm. at the end, there's two guys who are commenting on stuff and there's a black guy sitting next to them. That black man is Mark Bernardin, 
who is co-writing oh, okay. Masters of the Universe with him, but is also his Fat Man uh, on Batman. Fat Man on Batman slash Fat Man Beyond. Now they got sued for okay. Fat Man on Batman. They can't use Batman, <laughs> in the so they call it the Fat Man Beyond now, and that's his co-host for that. And obviously, the entire movie Jay and Silent Bob Get Old is a podcast that has been happening for years. And obviously, Kev's co-host on that is Jay Muse. Muse. And so all of Kev's podcast co-hosts are in here. <laughs> the two guys that were uh, sitting beside Mark Bernardin were uh, two of the actors from Supergirl. Oh, that's right. That, that's those guys that one were of them was brainy, right? One of yeah, one, one of the guys was Brainiac, and the other was uh, Monel. Yes. Uh, and yeah, how? Uh, how much? I mean, I love Melissa Benoist, but she looked really bored when she showed yeah. up. Like, she was, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe she was trying to because, like. Who like fucking Kilmer also looked like he was bored as fuck in, in that yeah. too. So maybe that maybe that's how Kev directed them. He was like, like act like you don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah, you do not want to fucking be here. Like you're just in this fucking movie for the paycheck. Yeah. So you know, let let me see that on the screen. Yeah. But unfortunately, maybe that translates to like they actually they were like, okay, I don't have to act then. Yeah, basically, <laughs> which is too bad too because like Melissa Benoist, like I, ha- I never know how to say her name. They always say it Benoist like they're like the American way, and I always want to say Benoit, Benoit because she's it's it's a French Canadian name. God damn it. Yeah. So. Uh, she's a big fan of Kev's and like she's done great work with him on Supergirl and stuff. So I was when she showed yeah. up, I was like, oh man, I love and I love Melissa Benoit. Like she's my she's I have a huge crush on her right now. <laughs> she's so great as Supergirl. Like she's the only reason I can ever even watch any of those shows anymore is just her. Like she's so captivating as Supergirl. But she showed up and I was like, oh finally we're gonna get some Melissa Benoit. And then she's in there for 30 seconds and it's a big stoner joke. And I was like, oh, yeah, I would have done more with her if I could have <laughs> and not in the dirty Fra- way. Phrasing. phrasing. Yeah, absolutely. Phrasing. I heard it too. <laughs> absolutely. Phrasing because I would, she's a married woman, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> Must've been was beautiful. So there you go. Yeah. So where were we at plot wise though? So at this point they're, they've got the girls, the girls are like, we're going to go stop this movie, but our friend needs to be in this movie. And this is where it gets real. Like, well, but they, we, this we, is where we I totally missed where they anymore. Yeah, where they meet up crazy. with the other friends. Oh, because, yeah, like the pedophile there's, thing. Holy yeah, shit, the pedophile thing, which, <laughs> which, which clearly was something more because like they had sort of more of that scene in the credits, and like it, clearly the guy was supposed to be like a Jesus nut, which makes sense because you look at the van and it's got like fucking crosses and shit on the inside of it. So yeah. he wasn't actually trying to like molest her in the end, and it, he was actually trying to save Millie and shit, and. Ugh. And then they, they somehow have the same kind of blueprints that Jay and Silent Bob use for their plans, like back in Mallrats. That was pretty and- funny. That was like a, it's like a genetic memory where she like she <laughs> does the plans the same way Jay did. I yeah. That was pretty good. And, and I mean, full props to Kev here for like looking back at his old movies and being like, damn, these movies are super fucking white. And like trying to add some diversity to the Isk universe here. Like you had the you know, deaf black girl, the Muslim girl, the Chinese girl that ends up being Russian. I don't know that maybe is not okay yeah that's kind of uh, weird that one was but, weird to me but i was like all right i'll, I'll just roll with it i guess because yeah. i don't know what else to do here <laughs> but i mean so props them for doing it although it didn't really feel particularly nuanced it felt no. like relatively clumsy but whatever props to him for the effort yeah well i mean the movie was much more diverse than any like if you want even go back and look at strikes again or strikes back i, I, I never or, fucking or even clerks too yeah you know what we didn't shout out Justice being married to Rosaria Dawson. Oh yeah, yeah, gotta, that was always got a shout nice out. See her, yeah, that was, uh, what, uh, was awesome. Something her, oh, I can't remember what her last or first name was, but she was where Millie got Falcon from. Yes, I've got him on the IMDb page trying to look up. There's this fucking goddamn movie has three trillion Cast. people in it. Yeah, like yeah, it's impossible it to so find many, way too many people. Uh, uh, Reggie Falcon. Reggie Falcon. Right. 
So I don't know. Yeah. It's spelled funny though. It's like F A U L K E N. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where Rosario Dawson shows up. Obviously Rosario is going to show up in these movies, uh, her and Kevin buds. So there you go. Yep. And I mean, that clerks two scene is still burned indelibly into my memory. So <laughs> good times. So they, at that point, yeah, this is the pedophile scene. Uh, is the next scene the KKK scene? Like right after that, did they go straight? Uh, to the bit? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you know, there's some back and forth and and uh, discussion and stuff in the car, and yeah. we get a little more character exposition. But yeah, yeah, like pretty much the next big thing was. They I think that's kind of where like the movie starts to lose me too, is because the drama scenes felt real hammy, like real, like on the nose. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was like, this is a little it was very tonal, me. very whiplashy. Yeah, it's like a little. This is like you guys are being too dramatic for what has so far just been a goofy cameo laden stoner movie. Like, yeah, whoa, why are we doing this? But the next one has my personal favorite cameo in the movie: Le Champion Chris Jericho. <laughs> I as, did get yeah as uh, I, the KKK leader. <laughs> He's, I fucking love Chris Jericho, man. He was so good in this bit too. Like, yeah. and this is my the, the the Silent Bob speaks part, and like I loved. He's just he was a hundred percent on for this scene. I don't know why yeah. this is the scene that works the best for me in this movie. It's almost it totally. Like it's you could pull it out, and the movie like would still go on entirely. Like, yeah, the, absolutely, it's completely superfluous yeah. to the rest of the movie. But yeah, it has the it has the Silent Bob speaks. Yeah, scene, and it, but so it's, it's, it's also the, probably the best, most cohesive scene in the movie. Like, it's the most tightly edited. And it actually feels like a movie scene too. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's walking through the set and talking to everybody, and they're all reacting. And Chris Jericho's hamming it up like fucking crazy because that's what he does. And and I did like the uh, the hater tots thing, with oh. the, which goes back to to Merkin Fred yeah. Armisen's little bit where he said like, "Yeah, I made these uh, I, these uh, tater tots that called hater tots, and they had marketed them to young girls. And now the fucking uh, KKK, take KKK, KKK like, yeah, the, the alt right, whatever. Yeah, the alt right. Yeah, the white supremacists." fucking taking them as their own thing and shit and now i've just given up and i drive uber and i give away my tater tots to my clients or whatever i was like that's all right that's a because i remember watching that scene i'm like i hope this pays off somewhere because this is a weird fucking riff (laughs) to go on for five minutes and then the kkk are literally saying we're gonna have all the tate all the hater tots we want later as soon as chris jericho said hater hater tots i was like yep okay that that made it (laughs) worth it for me then Um, because i don't know i've heard chris jericho say some absolutely stupendously ridiculous things in my life and that may be one of the best ones and he's been calling himself le champion for six months on AEW, so i don't know how much crazy you can get in that but hater tots definitely worked for me so yeah so i guess that that's my favorite scene in the movie is definitely the the kkk scene whether that just because i love chris jericho so much i don't know but i had a lot of fun in that scene yeah so then they go, where do they go? And, that, and that's my problem is like from there, they kind of just end up in Hollywood at this point, right? Like they're just kind of. And at, boom. yeah, at uh, Chronicon. Yeah. Which here's where the Chris Hemsworth cameo happens, I guess. Yes. Is basically <laughs> yeah. like all well, just say. in just like 80% of the cameos in yeah. the movie, right? Like yeah. are in there. And that like, that was probably my favorite sequence overall was like, especially the like Benny Hill kind of like running from room to room and then r- they run into one room and it's like the clerk's reunion yeah, and every, yeah, all the cast members are in black and white yeah. and then Jay and Simon Bob are in black and white. And then, yeah, some of those were kind of fun. 
Uh, and then the the obviously the uh, Jason Biggs and uh, James Vanderbeek. I like them uh, like fun. really bitching at each other too, like really getting into yeah. it. That that scene that was pretty funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Why are you sucking their dick? They're not going to put you in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. fuck you, pie fucker. Like I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> the pie fucker jokes never get old for me. No, I hate that. I hated American Pie when it came out. <laughs> like <laughs> thought it was so fucking dumb. But so whenever I see Jason Biggs, I'm just like, yeah, fuck you fucking pie fucker pie fucker fuck him yeah <laughs> it's great and then they end up face to face with holden with holden yeah so ben affleck is there and he gets to basically explain to them the whole point of the movie gets yeah. to explain to us the theme and everything in 45 minute long monologue <laughs> <laughs> But it fucking props them for getting like getting uh, Affleck to come back and give that whole thing. Agreed. I'm actually curious because I know this was a last minute addition to this movie, like Ben and Kev kind of burying the hatchet and Ben coming on and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm wondering, this movie would have fallen apart without that scene. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, there was nothing to this movie. They didn't have that Ben Affleck scene. So I'm wondering what the original ending to this movie was before <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have Jason Lee do a double role if if they don't get Affleck back. It's possible. I was I was wondering why they didn't have do, uh, Banky. Banky Banky come back yeah. too, just because they always end up having them. Like they were, he played both roles in Strikes Back as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. they played, uh, yeah, they played the two creators together. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I was, you know, who didn't show back up? No Hooper. No, there was no Hooper X. I'm disappointed. No Hooper. I love that Hooper yeah. character in that movie. It's probably my favorite yeah. part of that movie. Like, the only part of that movie that really still holds up for me is the Hooper character. Because it's just so fucking funny. Like, him mm-hmm. screaming Black Rage and shooting at people. Like, I know it's not PC, but funny. Like, funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, at this point, we're kind of, like, we're at the new mall point. Things go fucking crazy at this point and still doesn't make any fucking sense. Wait, I gotta go back. Like, the Holden scene and monologue has probably my biggest laugh out of the movie, which was where he starts talking about uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. He says, and now I'm more like Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas, or Bruce Wayne's mother, whose name, name remember, yeah. escapes me. And then he looks at the camera, re- referencing the uh, the Batman v Superman Martha thing. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, that was, that was the... Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, too. Was like him. I think that was my biggest laugh. I was like, all right, all right, fair, fair. But even in like the post credits bit they do, where like they they call back to the Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, but they were like, yeah, Affleck was the bomb as Batman. Like, Affleck, like a motherfucker. I was like, you know what? Yeah, Yeah, man, he was really good as Batman. Too bad his fucking scripts were dog shit. So. You know, it's kind of like the Val yeah. Kilmer thing. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Val Kilmer would have been a really good Batman if, like, they were making a real Batman movie kind of thing. Yeah. So, Clooney, too. Pro- Clooney, pro- well, I don't actually, I, don't, I never really thought Clooney would have been a good Batman, but Clooney was a good Bruce Wayne, yeah. maybe not a great Batman. But uh, Kilmer, I thought, would have been good as well. But, you know, I do like that they, they made a big fuss about three Batman in this movie. And Kilmer was the big get for them, I think, in this one because yeah. they've got, who else did they have in this? But they had Diedrich Baker. Yeah. Diedrich Bader. Diedrich yeah, Bader, played, sorry, uh, yes. On uh, Brave and the Bold, who voiced Batman on the Brave and the Bold cartoon yep. series, which is fucking bonkers. Yeah. It's basically yeah. the Batman 66 as a cartoon. Yeah. It's my low-key favorite Batman animated series that isn't the original like animated yeah. series kind of thing, because it, it harkens back to the 66 show, which, for some reason, I'm having like a moment with recently like i just i really like that show and so yeah. i've been watching brave and the bold episodes as they pop up on stuff and i'm like oh man this show is yeah. fucking good too like it was once i got over 
Camp Batman. Like once I was okay with Camp Batman, all of a sudden those two shows, I was like, wait, these are fucking great. Like there's just so much fun. And he's yeah. so good in that in that role as that version of Batman, like as the voice cast for that version of Batman. Now I can't yeah. remember who the who's the third fucking Batman then? We got Kilmer. Fucking yeah. Batfleck. Oh right, Batfleck. Sorry, fuck my brain. <laughs> I was like, where did they get Kevin Conroy or Michael Keaton to show up? I don't remember yeah. either of those guys <laughs> And I'm surprised what? they didn't get Conroy. Like, why would you not just reach out and say you have four fucking Batman? You had the real one. Because Kevin Conroy's sitting yeah. over there at your con or whatever, pretending yeah, to be yeah. stoned and doing Batman voice or whatever. Yeah. It'd be sweet. It was nice. It was nice for them to bring back Alyssa Jones too to bring back Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, she was such a staple in those early movies, original yeah, movies yeah. too. First or at least uh, two and three. Like she's huge. Well, she's still referenced and yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. is she? Oh, that's where she is. Yeah, they do reference yeah. Alyssa Jones. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, that's basically kind of what else has. So yeah, we've got all the cameos. We have the nice big Ben Affleck chat. And then they move on to like actually shooting the scene where we get a, a good chunk of time with Kevin Smith playing lampooning as him playing himself. himself. And like I don't even know if he's lampooning himself because that's just Kevin Smith doing Kevin Smith. He was being a little more of like a dick, I think, yeah, than he is. Absolutely, in real life. he's playing a little bit more of a douchebag. But like, yeah. I was like, this is pretty close to like the real thing. So okay, cool. Also stoned, like he's just baked the whole time. Yeah. and smoking on screen finally yeah and at least they played up like the whole like oh you look like him like yeah. we'll have you take his place yeah and <laughs> he just ties his hair bob just ties his hair back and yeah I, I didn't catch that till the second time like that was the only thing in the second run through that i caught for the first time was him having the ponytail as uh yeah. silent bob and i was like i like that they put that shitty shitty looking wig on him just to get that one <laughs> fucking shot yeah uh, it was pretty good but yeah, I'm guessing Muse must have been wearing a fucking wig as well because I don't think he still has that like luscious long hair. No, they're both they both have short hair now. I think yeah. so. That's what I thought. Oh, I know Kev does for sure. Yeah, Kev does. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure Muse has it cut. He's had, he's had a cut in the interim too, so I don't know if it's long or short right now. I haven't seen him in ages, like in real life, kind of like on a YouTube video live kind of thing. So mm-hmm. Kev hasn't been doing his podcast recently because he's had this on tour. So I don't I don't hear from Kev when these movies come out for like chunks of time because he's been out on tour with this thing so like there's been no fat man beyonds happening regularly like we got a smodcast but that's an actual podcast still and i don't really listen to the other ones on a regular basis anymore so yeah i mean i I see him like facebook live kind of stuff once in a while and that kind of thing yeah yeah so there's some of those cool what else we want to talk about so i guess the finale at this point is like the chinese girl in millie's group Turns out to be a Russian spy, which we've already talked about being a weird poll. And I'm not sure if that's, is that racist or like, yeah, I mean, it feels, it felt trying to just say that, yeah, that Russian people look Chinese. Like that's a weird, yeah. <laughs> it felt weird to me, but like, I don't know what the, what the riff on that was supposed to be aside from they're both kind of like in theory, axis of evil powers nebulously to the world at large right now. And just lump yeah. them all together and. Yep. vomit out the end result i guess it's a little right. xenophobic but okay yeah. a little hey i mean american 2020 yeah. a little bit xenophobic <laughs> is uh that would be the nice way of describing it oh, yeah so there is that yeah so that turns into a thing where kev gets to do the robert downey jr and he goes and finds an iron bob armor yeah which definitely that that fucking thing that was made for display was totally going to be functional and have a fucking heads up display built into it yeah Yeah. absolutely which was really obviously (laughs) just him wanting to do the robert downey thing where he gets to sit in the dark room and like emote too much into the camera yeah and swing his head around yeah like crazy do the mark one suit yeah which which i thought i mean it's a fun riff and like everybody's a comic nerd so like yeah and they've always done shout outs to shit like that in these movies anyway like the big denouement fight in strikes back is a riff on star wars right it's the oh yeah yeah the dildos 
bong sabers or whatever. Yeah. I was disappointed in no Mark Hamill, but I guess, I mean, he's in a Disney movie now, so he's kind of hot shit compared to where he was in 2000. Yeah. At least they kind of teased him too, right? Yeah. Because like they had at the end of the like little bit of footage that they show, they show uh cockknocker's fist coming through the wall. Yeah. That's like where they leave it as a cliffhanger. So yeah, I would have been really happy if they brought Hamill back for that. That would have been fucking funny. Like to have yeah. Hamill have to deal with Kilmer. And I did like the Tommy Chong. Like that's a nice kind of rounding out that circle. Like having as Alfred. As, <laughs> and they flat, they flat out call him Alfred. Yeah, they don't they, even fucking make any bones. They don't him. even bother. Yeah, they don't even bother changing yeah. it. I liked and uh, the best is like he's just stoned. I'm like, is there, am I in a comic book movie, man? Like what's <laughs> going on? I love Tommy Chong. I know there's questionable shit about his nonsense in the background and all that kind of stuff. But like Cheech and Chong, those movies like, that was seminal growing up for, yeah. I mean, probably our age group anyway. Like, they were on constantly. And that was my original stoner comedy stuff, right? Like, those Cheech and Chong movies. Like, that's the original for that kind of humor. Yeah. So, having him show up in the Jay and Silent Bob, which is really just, like, the white Cheech and Chong, like, <laughs> yeah. was a nice, like, full circle pull. So, cool. No, no, then that's, that's kind of the end of the movie, basically. Yeah, we the little- movie still gets made, I guess. I guess I I don't we know. don't I don't I don't know they ever actually tell us whether the movie gets made or not. But it's exactly the same as Strikes Back, where like yeah. they didn't really stop that movie from getting made either. They just I, yeah. I'm always curious, like why would they want to stop this movie? They're going to get paid for it, right? Like so just go. No, they signed away their rights now. I know what I mean. Like if they weren't stupid, Which we didn't even. Yeah, we didn't even talk about like that whole fucking stupid running joke where they can't use their real names because Jason Long tricked them into signing them away. And Justin Long, but yes, Justin Long, Jason yeah, Long. Justin yeah. Long, uh, yeah. Well, I like uh, uh, El Roberto Silencio because like he doesn't know what to call <laughs> yeah. Bob anymore. Yeah. He starts calling himself uh, Tom Underhill, or Ted Underhill, or whatever, because that's the credit yeah. card they stole from Garmy. <laughs> but whew, what a mess. Anyway, so. That's Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Final thoughts, Tim? Do you recommend this movie? Give it a score out of 10, buddy. Jesus. Thing is, like, I mean, we've just been reviewing it, and there have been plenty of things where we've been like, yeah, that was really fun. Like, yeah, that worked. Like, I like that part. But it just doesn't fucking hang together yeah, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Like, it's, it's so far from cohesive. So, I mean, if you're a fan of these movies, you probably should watch it at least once, I would say. Yeah. I, my recommendation is like get fucking wrecked and watch it once and then forget yeah. you ever saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, like just cause I have so much nostalgia for this world, like maybe seven out of 10. Yeah. Uh, I think, but like, I just, I really hope that Kev just kind of leaves this as the ending of the ISK universe now. And, and it, if it does, all rats too. All right, oh, that's true. That's He's true. already announced it; like it's happening. So yeah, well, but I mean, it would have been so nice if this was because the final shot basically would have Dante trying to fucking get the quick stop open. Like it would have basically come full circle, yeah. kind of thing. And I like that 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 was the end. Like that was the last joke. The credits too, is yeah. you know what I mean. Like the last joke before they go to the credits is like them t- oh, yeah. talking about like we've been jamming gum in that those fucking locks for twenty years or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's good. No, that was that was one of the credit scenes. Was that one of the credit scenes? Either way, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Either way, like I like that that was the last bit in the movie, kind of. Yeah. Where like either he's like it, full circle to the first joke in fucking clerks of like the mm-hmm. savages in this town and the whole time.
time it was Jay and Bob. Fucking savages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole time it was Jay and Bob. And I'm like that, or at least Jay. And then I was like, that's great. That's where if all the jokes had been basically more like that, I probably would have been a lot happier with this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, fair. Because almost like I wanted more callbacks. Like I wanted, like it's almost like I wanted the humor to call back more. I guess kind of what I was looking yeah, for was to- like, tonally rather than just yeah, yeah. And I think like I could I could have done with because all the callbacks, so many of the callbacks were just straight verbatim. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done with at least like a quarter to a third less of those like just straight up verbatim lines like even though you know i understand they were trying to do like send up on the whole like reboot trend it was still it was still a lot even when you take that into account yeah and that was one of the things that like doesn't even like i i'm sure i could bitch about like they're just doing the same plot points but like it they call out the reboot thing so early that i'm like i can't criticize it for any of that because yeah. th- that's what they wanted to do. I just I feel like the execution of that could have been infinitely better. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I'm kind of in the same boat as Tim, where like I liked this movie the first time I watched it, and if you've seen all these movies and like you have the rose tinted nostalgia glasses that we have for, especially the original trilogy. Actually, I'm not even going to say the original trilogy. I still think the best movie he's ever made is fucking Dogma. Like I still think Dogma is the best one of these movies overall. Mm. I mean, maybe Chasing Amy might be better. Like in terms of actually like a movie, like those two are the yeah. best ones that he's done though. And then I have a thing for Red I State. Know, like I think Red yeah. State is fucking yeah. excellent. I have so much appreciation for Red State just because it's set apart from all that. It's not Agreed. so beholden to it kind of thing. So it's it's hard for me to say like you know put those beside each other and say which of them I like better. Yeah, and I think I kind of place them in separate categories. Where I'm like for the Ask Universe yeah. movies, I'm like Dogma's my guy. Like I like Dogma the best. And mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for Chasing Amy. I just I mean we reviewed it and obviously I had more issues kind of coming back to it at that point but like i feel like dogma has aged probably the best out of the bunch of them and then like yeah red state for me is actually kev's best movie like it's the most cohesive well put together piece of his filmography so and this movie is nowhere near in the same fucking category as those two basically like it's a step below strikes back which is basically garbage like <laughs> schlock right i don't want to say garbage garbage is the wrong word schlock though you know what i mean where it's fun and you're having a good time and you're laughing at it but like it's clearly mm-hmm. not like a good movie or anything like that <laughs> whereas this i'll say i'll say six out of ten like it's based solely on the nostalgia you should watch this once if you've seen these movies because like it wraps a bunch of stuff up and like it's always cool to see everybody kind of come back don't rewatch it never rewatch it though because as soon as all yeah. the, the 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 nostalgia is gone there's a lot of problems here and it i wish i could give this a better review and that's my big takeaway is that like i wish this had been the movie I wanted it to be. And that wouldn't have required a ton of work, I don't think, is my problem. Because I wasn't expecting it to be whatever, you know what I mean? Knives Out or Avengers Endgame or something like actually well-made and quality and an actual cohesive movie. But it would have been nice if it just didn't feel like a fucking mess for almost two hours. Like, it was very disappointing. But... Chris Jericho is awesome as a KKK leader. So I will. <laughs> I don't know what that says about Chris Jericho. I don't know what it says about Chris Jericho either, aside from he's a talented comedic actor at this point. <laughs> uh, but, and, and if you want more Chris Jericho being a fucking talented comedic actor, just go watch him on AEW on Wednesday nights because he's the champion and he just comes out and tells everybody why they suck. And it's hilarious. And that's all Chris Jericho <laughs> should be doing at this point in his career. But I'm glad he was in here. And I'm glad everybody, like, I'm glad they got to make this movie, I guess. Like, I'm glad Kevin got to do it. And I'm sure it was fun to, for them to do. And that, if I bet you, if you were in the mix of making it, that summer camp feel 
the, the, you can tell they were having fun doing this, even if it doesn't come out in the end product. Yeah. I wish I could have been involved in like the making of this more than the yeah. watching of this, I guess is kind <laughs> of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, I can only imagine these would have been, I mean, and just from the post credits or the credit scenes, yeah. like the little bits and stuff they show, clearly they were having a lot of fun yeah. doing this. And so, you know, and, and I'm not going to hate on them for, nope. for fucking, you know, for Kev, especially after he had like a fucking, you know, uh, a death scare yeah. uh, with his heart attack and everything. And then really turned his life around for doing something that's really just for him yeah absolutely and like i can't and again that's why i can't like just i like i've been negative but i'm like the whole time i'm like i just wish it had been better because i just love i love kevin i love this universe and i love all these all these characters showing up and stuff i was all there for it i just wish it had been elevated a little bit so that i didn't go back and rewatch and be like oh wait oh fuck like what's happening here so yeah that's too bad but man if you like these movies go check it out so with that, we, I, we spent way longer reviewing that than I thought we were going to. I literally <laughs> thought we were going to be here for half an hour and be like, this movie fucking blew and we're done. <laughs> but I guess we wanted to have an actual conversation. So there's that. Uh, let's move on to Geek Cred and we can get the fuck out of here. Okay. So uh, we don't have a sting. Well, yeah, we don't have a sting. You just need to go tell <laughs> us what your geek cred is for this week, Tim. All right. My geek cred is, uh, like I said, one of the miniseries that literally came out like 10 years ago. And what happened was it came out around the time that I moved to Atlanta. And I wasn't working when I first moved down here because I moved down on just a visitor's visa. I wasn't able to work. And so I was sort of living off my savings and I severely cut down the comics that I was buying. So I had to drop this mini series halfway through and finally got around to like picking up the last couple of issues recently and, and finally got to read it. So it is Sergeant Rock, the Lost Battalion, which is by uh, written and drawn by Billy Tucci. Oh, cool. Billy Tucci is awesome. Fucking phenomenally talented artist and writer and so i have like some of the earliest oldest comics that i ever read were war comics um that i sort of got from my got without his permission from my uncle Uh, my dad basically just like found them in in my grandparents basement one day and said like here you have these they're just collecting dust otherwise and so i still have a soft spot for those old war comics like they give they tend to give a pretty realistic and well-balanced portrayal of war rather than like a lot of movies or TV shows, which often tend to sort of glorify war and make it look like more heroic and, you know, and nice and shit than it actually is. So this actual story is a six issue miniseries and it sort of places Sergeant Rock and uh, his company, Easy Company, into true events near the end of World War II in France that heavily involve a uh, group of Japanese American soldiers. And this is around the same time that Japanese Americans were being put in camps. Yeah. Because like back home there was like xenophobia because, you know, the Japan had joined the Axis and everything. And so it really handles a lot of it's it's a very nuanced approach to what was a very complicated time in American history for Japanese people. So and I mean, the story itself is really interesting. It's basically about a battalion that gets uh, cut off, uh, including Easy Company that and Sergeant Rock that gets cut off on all sides and sort of the lengths that are gone to to get these people out of basically German occupied land and shit like that. And they bring in some of the other like old DC characters like uh, Johnny Cloud, who was uh, ace pilot as well. And so really good story, fucking beautiful art. So if you have any interest at all in army comics or war comics and you had not read it, then go back and get it. Nice. Okay, cool. So for me, for Geek Cred this week, I'm going to recommend Star Trek Picard because you should no. have watched it already. Uh, no, because like honestly, what I've been doing this week is uh, I'm getting prepped to 
launch my little print business and stuff like that. So that stuff's happening. If you're not following me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette, I'm posting my giant devastator print right now, piece nice. at, a piece at a time. And I already have like, I've got hundreds of likes on just the initial sketch of devastator and grimlock together without any of the other stuff in there and i was like oh this might be popular so go follow me on on instagram having a lot of fun posting and interacting with people via my art which is very cool it's been a different experience than interacting with you guys that we talk to via the podcast kind of thing so it's a different little vibe but because well, honestly what i've been doing is watching mash like i'm re-watching mash right now so like <laughs> Yeah, I'm in that rabbit. No, I don't think I've ever watched Mash oh, all the way man, through. Man, you should totally watch Mash. It's fucking awesome. It's a lot. There's a lot. Like it's like 11 seasons and 22 episodes yeah. each. But it's um, it's one of those shows that like I, it's like my comfort show kind of thing. Like it's almost like going back mm-hmm. to Star Trek, where like I just remember watching. Dad watched it growing up and stuff like that. So now it's kind of like I don't know. I go back and watch it, and it's actually still funny. Like the comedy still holds up for me too. Like some of it's questionable, but like it's all of the time. So you're like, oh yeah, it's kind of quaint and whatever but the jokes about like or the story is really about going to war and like all that kind of the horror of all that stuff and the weird comedy that they find in that show because of it is still really holds up to me to this day so mm-hmm. i always go back to mash when i'm like not feeling great and need something to kind of cheer me up and watch because it's super depressing but it, it helps you kind of be like oh yeah everybody goes through shit right and you gotta find the fucking humor in it and that's what the message of mash is just like shit's awful but like there's humor and humanity in everything, and that's what the show shows you. So go watch Mash because it's awesome, and you should. And suicide is painless. I don't think that's true, honestly, but <laughs> probably not. Probably not. I guess we won't find out anytime soon. So there you go. All right. So that's the end of this week. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe via the podcasting app of your choice, via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or sometimes Spotify. I'm not sure what's going on. Spotify is up to date, but now our like catalog has disappeared. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Jesus. Oh, what a f- Come on, Spotify. Get your shit get together. Get your shit together, Spotify. I love you, but fuck. If you want to talk to us about what we talked about tonight, so any of the news we covered, or if you think that Jan Silent Bob reboot was an amazing masterpiece of film and you want to defend it to us, you can do so via our social media on facebook.com so facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on twitter at drd underscore podcast or if you just like social media and nobody here would blame you for that you can simply email <laughs> us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com and we will read it on the air or reply to the gist of your comment anyway so this has been dance robot dance episode 183 i am mark i've been here with tim Snooch to the nooch! And we will see you guys next week. Snoochy boochies, guys. Snoochy <laughs> boochies. 200 bucks, little man. Put that <laughs> shit in, in my, my hand. If that money so. doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, oh. <laughs> my jungle of oe, oe, Sorry, I know the, I could do the whole bit, like, the, from fuck. I loved, I love they brought those two guys back. That was pretty good. I laughed at that, yeah. too. Like, that was the thing when they started bringing, like, the bit parts back from the original. I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. But then this yeah. this, this scene lasts for five minutes. And, and that one, no and that one, they turned it on its head. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.